Welcome to the Mentium Matters podcast, where we talk about leadership, life, and the transformative power of mentoring. I'm Solveig Brown, and in today's episode, I am thrilled to be joined by Hakeem Abdel Khalik, also known as Coach Hakeem. We are going to talk about career planning, and I guarantee that by the end of this episode, our listeners will think about career planning in a whole new way. You will have great actionable advice on taking your career to the next level. Before we begin our conversation, I'd like to share some background information on Coach Hakeem. He is a global vice president in human resources. He is an accomplished international speaker and has been invited to present workshops and talks at many corporate and professional events. Hakeem has worked at global Fortune 40 matrix organizations and small entrepreneurial companies. He has coached hundreds of professionals in their career development journey, conducted thousands of interviews, and reviewed 100,000 plus resumes. Coach Hakeem's mission is to help people own their career development. He has written two books, You're Worth It, Navigating Your Career in Corporate America, and Realizing You're Worth It, Advice, Insights, and Inspirations to Propel Your Career. He is also the creator and host of the Worth It podcast. Welcome, Hakeem. I am so glad to have you as a guest today. Solve, that thank you, one, for just a very kind introduction, and I'm very excited to be here today. Well, I am especially happy to be doing this episode with you because the number one thing that mentees want to work on during their year of mentorship is career planning. In the introduction to your first book on navigating your career in corporate America, you stated this. You said, regardless of position, intelligence, and background, the vast majority of people struggle when it comes to navigating their own career. If you feel unsure in your current position or what to do next, you are not alone. Most people feel the same way. I love this quote because it really sets the stage that career planning is challenging for most people. Yeah, absolutely. Fully agree. (laughs) Yeah. So Hakeem, I'd like to begin with a broad question. How does someone know that they are on the right career path? I appreciate that. The one of the things that I I like to do and and I talk with people a lot of times when you talk with them in regards to the career, they really start with, you know, the end, begin with the end in mind. I even write about that a little bit. But one of the things that we say, where do you want to go? Right. Who who do you want to be when you grow up? That question we ask each other. And a lot of times people don't know. I mean, just quite honestly, they want to know, but they don't know what that end state is. And, And I think that's fair is because it can go a lot of different ways. There are a lot of opportunities in front of us. You know, I feel like every certain amount of time we change who we are, what's important to us. And so I try and bring it back a step and just think about what's important to you. What are your values? And if you can bring it back to that, starting to think about, well, at this point in my life, what's important to me? And you can come up with whatever answer. And so maybe you've just you know, started a family. And so being able to be home and be with that family is important to you. And so maybe less important that you know what positions for that particular time or opportunities, but really more important is being home that we'll say the proverbial work-life balance, that's what's important to you. Or another time when you're maybe early in your career and you're thinking, 
you know, I need to get a lot of different experiences for what I want to do. And so it's really, am I moving fast enough? And, and th those are the things that I value, right? Or maybe it's as simple as money, right? I want to make a lot of money. The But sitting back and, and talking to people in regards to what's important to them at that point in their time, those values, that if you can get that right, even without knowing where exactly you're going to end up or if uh, this next position is going to take you to the end state because you don't know the end state, but your values can tell you if you're on or off the right path. And so if work-life balance is important to me and the next position or the next opportunity or my current opportunity has me traveling on the road 60, 70% of the time, it's not the right opportunity. I mean, it's just, it's as simple as that. What are your values at that time? And so what I really try and do is just if, if we're not sure, if an individual's not sure where they want to go, just strip it down to what's important to you right now at this moment. And you make your decisions on your career based off, does that feel right? Based on what I value or is that off based on what I value at that time? And, and that can make it sometimes simpler for people to get to, is this the right opportunity for me? Yes or no, at this point in my life. I really like that advice because it's doable. People can figure out what their own values are right now. I've been in that situation where people are like, what's your five-year plan or your 10-year plan? And a lot of times you don't know because you don't know what's going to come up. So I, that's great advice of looking at what your values are right now. And is your current position a good fit or is a position you're being offered a good fit that, that aligns with your values? So, Hakeem, in your book, you explore 10 fundamental truths about working in corporate America. And to all the listeners out there, I highly recommend this book to anyone who is working on career planning. For the scope of this podcast, there were three truths that I would like you to explain further. The first one I was curious about was corporate truth number four. The company is not actively managing your career development. Can you unpack this for us? Uh, yes. Yeah, so one, just thanks for the kind words about my books. I appreciate that. The This one, it tends to throw people off, especially when it's coming from someone in HR, right? It's, well, I thought, you know, I thought the company is supposed to be developing me. That's my, that's the focus. You know, what are you doing if you're not doing that, right? And in, it catches people off guard because at the end of the day, what I try to talk about in Your Worth at Navigating Your Career in Corporate America is taking a step back and realizing what organizations are really here to do. They have stakeholders, they have goals, they have financial numbers that they're trying to achieve. And really, I, I try and boil it all down to say a lot of the activities that organizations are really doing are with the mindset of how do we create additional value for our stakeholders? And that I believe to be true and so it catches people off guard when they say, well, the company's not actively seeking to develop. And actually, there are several leaders who I've spoken with after who would openly disagree with me, who would say, no, you're wrong. I am actively trying to develop my employees. And, and I don't doubt it. And I don't doubt that they believe that. And, and in a lot of cases, that is not to say organizations aren't trying to develop you, but it's not their number one goal. And what I'm really trying to do is help people understand that that at the end of the day, if the organization is seeking to create value, sometimes that's in line exactly with developing you 
uh, for your future. But at the end of the day, really, you have a job in front of you to be done, that you have financial goals this year or whatever goals that you are going to do to contribute to the organization this year. And that's the focus. And so if development is aligned with helping you accomplish that goal, then it's right in line with what the organization is trying to do. But if let's say I want to be, I'm in HR today and I'm going to be in finance tomorrow. Well, it's not exactly aligned for me to take steps. And that's a bit forward in the future. So while it's possible, it may not be exactly what the company is trying to do. And what I'm trying to help people understand is if you can just take a step back and think about organizations operating and doing what's best for them. And you can start to see yourself in this mindset of, well, if they're not doing what's best for me, then who is? And get people to really start to take ownership of this idea that the person responsible for developing my career is me. And it's great if I work in an organization that has a a strong learning and development program. One observation, and this is why I I, I say this, but there's, there's many reasons. One observation, in a down economy, in a near recession, anecdotally, there's some things I noticed. There's some positions that seem to be eliminated or you know, reduced or impacted by a downturn in the economy. And in no particular order, what I tend to see are recruiters impacted. Makes sense, right? We're not hiring as much. We don't need uh, as many individuals because in that space, we're not hiring. So talent acquisition, recruiting gets impacted. I see marketing. Sales are down. You know, our, We need to keep our salespeople but marketing may be less important. And oddly enough, learning and development. I see that quite a bit as well. And intuitively, you can look at those and say, well, we, maybe, we, maybe you can rationalize and say we have less people and so it's not as important. But it's actually, in my mind, that's probably the one that organizations, if they really thought about it, they wouldn't, they lean into learning and development during that time. What an opportunity to develop our employees get them ready for when we come out of this. But yet I see that. And so there's a value that the organizations, a lot of organizations, not all, place on learning and development that when it's down, we don't need it. And so that tells you something about maybe how organizations, not all, again, value or don't value. And so I try and just really pull, you know, pull it all back and say, if the organization is not responsible for your development, and you want to develop, then who should? Who's going to develop me? And you look in the mirror and say, oh, wait, it's me. Totally. I really like that reminder that each person is responsible for their own development. And I think that mentoring is such a key part of this. And, you know, the mentees that are in the mentoring program, they know that they are responsible for their mentoring partnership. And many of them want to work on career planning. So I love that reminder that they are responsible for figuring out, you know, what their values are, where they want to go and working with the mentor to really get that personalized individual attention to figuring out some of those things and to be their own driver of their career. Another corporate truth that I was really intrigued by was corporate truth number six. You said your manager is probably right about what you need to work on and is not likely to tell you. So ask for feedback. Can you explain this in more depth for us? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And and I will just echo your point in terms of 
What Mentium is doing in terms of setting up a mentor program for individuals as they think about their careers, it's huge. And I think about my own career and I reflect on when I, certain pivot points, I think we all have them in our careers, uh, pivot points that matter where I was on a trajectory before and after this pivot point, I'm on a different trajectory. And one of mine was when a mentor, someone that I didn't realize was mentoring me until later, because I didn't formally ask for it, but he took it upon himself to do so. And I'm indebted to him because of that really sat me down and kind of talked about what do I value? What's important to me? And going through this exercise with him helped me gain clarity around what was important to me. And so I just wanted to, you know, just affirm what you said, just the importance of what Mentium is doing and in providing mentors for, you know, our future leaders, I think it's wonderful and amazing. So I, I just appreciate uh, that that you are there, like that, that there is a Mentium here. So appreciate the work that you're doing and that Mentium does. And so to answer your question in regards to, if I think about managers, one of the things that, it, it, you know, there's in your career and in life, there, you can almost kind of say, judge what's important by the time we spend with whatever that is. And so if you think about, you know, eight hours a day, sometimes 10 hours a day, sometimes 12, sometimes more even, you know, five, six, whatever days a week that it is, you realize you spend an awful lot of time at work and your manager, good or bad, however you may think of them, they spend a lot of time with you, right? Coaching, maybe just watching, maybe not as active as you would want them to be, maybe too active, who knows, micromanaging, not micromanaging, but more or less, they have an opportunity to learn a lot about you. And what I found is, and there's research I reference in the book, but what I found is that they're generally, a lot of times it's because they've been in your position. I mean, it's just simple as that for a lot of them, but not all of them, but because they understand what you do in and have potentially been in your position before, they know, let's say more or less what works, what doesn't work, not in every position, but they get it. And so what managers though are less comfortable with is giving you feedback about that, right? And so it's, there's, and again, the research would just say is that managers, it's not something they practice all the time. It's not something they spend time doing. And so giving you feedback or thinking about it, and, and I can think of myself, I can reflect on my own self as an early manager. I almost, and this isn't exactly how I did it, but let's just say it's close enough. I almost waited for the thing that went wrong and said, aha, like, here's my coaching moment to tell you what you did wrong. Now change it and do better. Right. And that was like, that was, you know, yay, I was, I'm a really good manager. And it wasn't until later in life where I was just like, and maybe it was several positions later, it's probably several mentors later, but where I just realized like, oh man, I'm, I'm like, I feel so bad about like for the people who I was a manager for earlier when I was young in my career, because I, I just didn't understand, you know, that part of this is it's difficult to give feedback and it's difficult to, you know, share with as a manager share, especially if there's nothing going wrong. Right. And so what do I say when there's nothing wrong? Well, 
I could say good job, or I could say, here's all the things that I appreciate what you're doing. That's a form of feedback. And so this idea that feedback has to be negative was one that just hadn't occurred to me. And so a lot of times, and I, I know this from talking with a lot of the people that I coach, people are dying. They're thirsting for feedback. And, and managers don't always know how to do it. They're not always trained. Sometimes they're busy themselves because they're a player coach and or I'm just waiting for the bad moment because that's easier to talk to you about than it is when everything is just status quo or I want you to do more, but I don't know how to get you there. And so it's almost easier not to say anything and just like assume that no news is good news or no news isn't bad news. However you look at it as a manager, then to, to constantly give you feedback. And so and I say all that just to say that managers, they because they observe you, they can often give you the advice that you want and the feedback that you need, but you may have to ask because of all those reasons of why it's uncomfortable. And so you may have to tease it out of people. And one way of doing that, I think, is asking a manager what they would have done in the same situation, because a lot of times that will tell you if they say, well, I like the way you did it. It's positive reinforcement. But if they felt differently about it, that's usually a good time that you'll hear it. And they'll say, well, I might have done it like this. And you can, in that, you're getting feedback, you're getting clues, you're getting signs to say, okay, is that drastically different than what I was doing? Oh, is there an insight in here that I could gain from it? But it's a way for you to use your manager, essentially, to get the coaching that you're looking for. But it, it is difficult sometimes for a newer manager, someone's not comfortable with it. But there are ways for you to kind of tease that out in order for you to get the feedback you're looking for. That is a great question, you know, asking a manager what they would have done in that situation, because that's not threatening to it's not a hard question to ask as opposed to saying do you have feedback for me and it's not necessarily a threatening question for a manager because either they'll say oh you did a great job or oh i would have done this and it's a more of a teaching moment exactly. so that is kind of a great way to get that feedback without it necessarily feeling threatening to to either side so we have a lot of mentees that are new managers. So looking at this from the other side, what can a manager do to get better at giving feedback proactively as opposed to waiting for you know, a crisis or something negative to happen? Yeah, so thanks for that. That One of the things I would just say is practice. And I say it in the sense of, there's a, in, 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 again, there's, I'm not, I don't understand how the mind works in every single way, but one of the, one of the things that I've heard quite often is that we tend to remember the moments, the negative moments more so and at a higher degree than we do the positive moments. And so, and it, it may be like a, a cave person point of view on this has been like, oh, you know, we're going to go find food over here and we go over there and person gets eaten by a lion. Okay. Not going over there again for food. Mental note, don't go over there. So all those times, those positive times that I ate over there, there wasn't a lion there. The one time it is, I will never go there again. Right. And so that sticks in my head. It's a survival mode, instinct, whatever you call it. I don't think we're dissimilar in the, you know, the materials essentially implied the same is that that it almost takes 10 positive 
for one negative, and I will say constructive piece of feedback that we receive. And so I can have done 10 projects correctly, and one of them didn't go exactly right. And my manager gives me feedback, and I just obsess on the one. I, I just can't get it out of my head. I'm like, why didn't I, why didn't I do this? Or, oh, you know, it's just, I don't think about all the, you know, 10 that I did good. I think about the one. And so if you can go and you think of it from that mindset as a new manager or as any manager, then I take it to say that I need probably 10 or 11 positives or just feedback sessions, like just giving people feedback. So when I do need to give the constructive, it it doesn't feel any different. It feels like we're just having a conversation, right? And so a lot of times I'm giving feedback. I'm saying, hey, I really appreciate, you know, this or this, that or another that you did. Or how did this go? Oh, good to know. And so we're always giving feedback. I find that, you know, really good supervisors are just having a conversation and throughout that conversation, throwing in feedback, positive, neutral. And so the times when they need to give constructive it's just received differently because there's a relationship there. There's trust built there. There's an understanding of how I communicate. And so it isn't just these, these explosive moments when something doesn't go positive and I'm just, I'm dreading it and they're dreading it. And when, then when it both happens, we're, we're both like just, you know, shrapnel from all of these, you know, this situation where, I, you know, we both needed to give and receive feedback. No, it's just a conversation. Right. And so, Practice. I really do believe that the more just practice giving positive feedback, just giving general feedback, explaining your point of view, why I'm thinking a certain way. Oh, ask questions, create that trust um, so that when you do need to give it, it doesn't feel weird. It's part of your natural flow of conversation. And, and I will tell you from personal experience, I find it takes time to get comfortable just talking about that, you know, giving that feedback, even if it's not needed per se, a person doesn't need or thrive off of it. Just practicing that I found has created an environment where constructive feedback is more readily accepted. I like that idea of just making it more conversational and more routine as opposed to it's your review time. Here's your feedback and just saying, oh, wow, that went really well. And then re reminding, you know, managers that sometimes, you know, that 10 to one ratio, I think is important. So that also giving feedback on the positive things that's specific as opposed to great job. I really liked how you did X, like you suggested, or the way you did Y was really good or another way you could have done it would have been this way. That's great. So another corporate truth I was really interested in was when it comes to your career, there's a good chance your manager doesn't know how to get you where you want to go. What do you mean by this? Yeah. So feels counterintuitive to what I was saying earlier, right? That your manager knows how to, you know, what you need from a development standpoint. But the idea being is that a lot of times managers are are not, you know, just simply managers. There's there's very few organizations that I've been a part of where managers are just managers. They tend to have their own responsibilities. And so they're also busy. And as you think about your career and where you want to go, if your manager's been on that exact career path, great. They can talk about how to get you to their position. But a lot of times, they're also thinking about what's that next opportunity. And if your career path is on the same as theirs, then they're just really guessing at what might get you to that next position because they're also thinking about what it takes in order to get there. 
And this is why, again, I'll just mentors are really critical and crucial in order to understand, because a lot of times mentors have varied experiences and have you know, been at, at, at different places and different organizations and can see and have seen a lot of different paths, right? And can bring that knowledge and expertise. But a manager, oftentimes, this is, again, there's no, this isn't universally true, but oftentimes a manager will be in a situation where they're also trying to get to that next opportunity and thinking about how to get there. And so when advising you in your career, if it's very similar, they can give you their best idea, right? But it's just that unless it's their direct position and then they could probably give you with some certainty, but it's especially difficult when we're going off of different career paths than maybe a traditional one. And so if your manager has had a varied uh, career path and has been in different functions, different businesses, they probably have a better chance of being able to answer some of those questions for you. And so again, doesn't apply universally to all, but a lot of times it's like, well, here's the career path. It's, you know, finance, specialists, you know, accountant, financial planning and analysts, you know, and so I go through there, I'm financial manager, controller, et cetera. And so if I am a finance person, a financial analyst, and I want to get into sales, you know, if your manager is like, good, they're probably going to say, I, you should probably go talk to someone sales, because I'm probably not the best person for you. And so it's not that it's out of malice or not wanting to do it. It's sometimes it's just the reality of their situation, not having seen kind of where you want to go and then being on their own path themselves or and a lot of times, or it's just, you know, not being familiar with maybe if you're, especially if you're deviating from a potential career path, it's just, you're unfamiliar with it. It's just lack of knowledge. And so it's not meant to be earth shattering or anything like that, but just, Hey, even despite best intentions, they might, may not be able to help you get there. Right. Yeah, totally. When we were doing the pre-podcast prep meeting, you used the car analogy for the career that I thought was so cool. Do you want to just explain that? Because I think it's such a good way to sort of hang all these different topics and concepts on one easily remarkable analogy. Yeah. So the idea, and I appreciate you bringing it up, is that when we're it goes back to organizations. One of the things, the common themes that I found is that people, when their career isn't exactly where they want it to be or where they want it to go, there's usually a lot of reasons. And I listen, and what I'm listening for a lot of times is where's the accountability? Where are they placing it? Right. And so are they placing it with themselves? Which then, you know, that's a, it's a good place for us to start. Right. Or oftentimes what I find is, well, the company didn't do this, or my manager didn't do that, or, you know, I keep getting past it. This is the reason why. And it's all these external factors. And what it helps me realize is, and and it helps me, and I use the analogy of a car to explain to them maybe what I'm seeing, and then maybe a path forward and how we can get to this point. And so if we're in a car, the car is moving and we're going, don't know where it's going. You would never just jump in a car, don't know where you're going and go, right? Generally speaking, most of us, there are some people that I think might, right? But most of us would not just get in a car and go. Most of us would say, all right, we're, well, where are we going? So, okay. And what's the weather like? 
And what do I need to dress like? Is it cold outside? Is it raining? Is it sunny? Do I need shorts? You know, are we going to go 100 miles? Are we going to go two miles? Like, so all these factors that you start to think about in terms of where you want to go. And so thinking of your career as your career is the car and you're in the car driving it or you're in it. What I have found a lot of times is we are in the car. And all those other factors I was talking about, my manager, the company, they're actually the ones who are driving my career car. I'm relying on those individuals, the system, the process, the supervisor, managers, whoever it may be, I'm relying on them to get me where I want to go. And it, that's if I even want to know, if, if I even know where I want to go. Because sometimes, as we talked about before, I'm not exactly sure if I'm on the right road or where I want to be. And so I turn around and I look to the side and there's my manager driving my career car. And so what I try and do by using that analogy is help them understand that let's start peeling away the, the, the reasons. And so if my manager didn't do this, well, okay, well, if I just give you this idea that your manager in the company isn't here to develop you, then well, then who really is in charge of my career? Well, it's me. And what does that do? That moves me from the passenger to the driver of my career car. And that's an important step to take because it puts the accountability with me or with you, right? So it puts the accountability on us to control where we want to go. And that analogy, I think, to you, to the question that you're asking is this idea that despite managers you know, best intentions. And, and there are just a lot of things that they don't know the best road for me sometimes. And their road may look different than my road. And where I want to go, I need to own that. And so that analogy in terms of owning your career car, and then in addition to that, owning where I want to go, because how do I know when I want to get off, right? So I need a rest stop. Well, your manager doesn't necessarily know that, right? They the best manager, let's assume you have the best manager, knows you, knows your desires, knows everything you want to do. Do they know exactly when you need to go to the bathroom to, so that I need to pull off on the road and have a rest stop? Do they know when you're overly tired necessarily that you need time out? And we think about this from your career perspective. They don't, even if they want to, they couldn't, right? Because they don't know every intimate part of us and what our, all of our desires are. And so we have to own that. We have to look and say, what are the mile markers? When do I need to get a rest? When do I need to pull off the road and let other traffic go and catch a breath and maybe even a nap, right? Just to say, or maybe I just need to recalibrate and look and say, wait, I thought I was going to get this far today, but traffic, weather, it, it, it's not going to work out. I need to recalibrate, reset my expectations. And this is only as far as I'm going to get today. So. I love that analogy as a reminder that you are responsible for driving your own career car, because I think so many people, you don't even realize that your manager or you have the company or you have someone else driving it. It's kind of everything that you've been speaking to. So I really like that analogy. Hakeem, thank you so much for being my guest today. You have helped me think about career planning in a whole new way. The car analogy you used is a great reminder that each person is responsible for being the driver of their own career. I highly recommend Hakeem's books, You're Worth It, Navigating Your Career in Corporate America, and Realizing You're Worth It, Advice, Insights, and Inspirations to Propel Your Career. 
We will have links to these books on the show notes for this episode. You can also find out more about Coach Hakeem's work and his Worth It podcast on his website, which is coachhakeem.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mentium Matters podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and colleagues. We have more fantastic upcoming episodes, so we look forward to having you tune in next time.